Lady. Get down. Ooh, 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 ooh. Boop, 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 my God, oh my God, again. What you say? It sounds sounds good. It sounds good? Can the people hear the lady of the house? <laughs> good morning. Make sure you say good morning to the house. Good morning to the house. It's been a minute, y'all. Good morning <laughs> to the lady of the house. <laughs> it's been two episodes. I'm already rusty. Voice already crusty. And we back... <sighs> Good morning, dusty. good morning. Huh? You're not dusty, though. I'm not dusty? No. I've been doing my push-ups. I don't know if y'all can, y'all can tell. I got a good <laughs> got a good base. <laughs> got a little something going on. We won't pan down to what's happening below, but you know what I'm saying? Got a little... It, man, starts, it starts up and then goes down. It starts, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see how my, my T-shirt cutting on my muscle right there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, I'm swole. <laughs> Put me in the strongman competition. Think of a bodybuilder now. Niggas hit 20 push-ups one time. <laughs> strong BMO. BMO strong. What's up, Q? Good morning. What's up, Lauren and lady of the house? Good Amelia, good morning to Massachusetts. Miss Lane, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you. Good Scroll morning. up. I got Neek Neal. What's up, Neek? Oh, it's Neek. Nico, what's up, man? Um... Q's on the line. Taman's on the line. What's up, Taman? Keep going. I want to see what else is up here. And later... Oh, that's you. Yeah. You're Lady De La Casa. (laughs) (laughs) I've always said if I was going to be another race, it would be Mexican. All right. Not Hispanic, (laughs) not Latino. Mexican, <laughs> like oh, Chicano. Is there, uh, huh? is there a reason? I just feel like I just feel like uh, whatever. Uh, what's his name on um, on Snowfall? What's my man's name? It's not Gustavo. Oh, it's um. Also, what's his name? Also, whatever. Also is on Snowfall. That's what I wanted to be. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I always wanted to be. A good, smooth you know, Chicano. I don't know if he's Mexican. I'm thinking maybe Colombian, maybe not, but... In the show? Yeah, right? No, he's from Mexico. He's Mexican? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, or El Salvadorian, maybe? I can't remember. Mm. What's up? The lady in the place with styling grace that's Asia Quick. Nice. What's popping? You had wake and bake withdrawals last week. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. But let me just say this, though. Let me just say this. Had we not taken the week off, it might not have been a show. <laughs> <laughs> so we that had to take it. them days. That have been it. That have been the finale. That was the finale. That was it. Like when the Wayans brothers walked in, it was like, oh, this is your last day? That would have been it. <laughs> we'll no. be back. Sav is in the place. Good morning. Uh, Shout out to Saint. <laughs> Shout out to Saint. My man, Saint. He got an opinion. <laughs> I mean, Saint has an opinion, bro. Yo, these babies with opinions be killing me. He be killing me. Oh, man, we miss y'all. I hope everything is over there in the Brown household. 
uh, we doing all right over here. We got a couple of things we want to talk about this morning. Of course, we always love Victoria. Victoria. Good morning. Uh, we love to see y'all. Uh, and here we are again. So we have a, things, a couple of things we want to talk about. Um, we'll talk about Marcy Martin and our continued conversation on the, uh, the the first free black child in America. And maybe my colorism didn't allow me to see Marcy Martin. My apologies. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, what's that say in a second? Slave to narratives. Here, let's, let me show the people what I'm looking at. Slave to narratives. Working on another another theory that I have that we'll talk about. Um, we can... Oh! In case you're wondering, no, so quote, the whammy's happened. Yeah. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to talk about that. Um, and then if we get to it towards the end of the show, we can definitely talk about why we took a break. But as, as you probably heard um, just from a second ago, you know, niggas needed a moment, okay? And if you read my letter to the people, then you understand. And I appreciate how when I put that up on my stories uh, last Tuesday, um that story got a lot of interactions and DMs and a lot of people wishing us well and, to, and congratulating us for taking the time off. So we appreciate that. That's one of the highest interacting posts that I've had for the year. So the fact that y'all care lets me know that, you know, the love is real. It's real. Anyway, so we, we appreciate that. Um, we want to talk about first. You want to? Mm, I was gonna say you want to start with Marseille, but you want to start with the slave to narratives, or no? You know what? Let's start with the whammies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the whammies. So, all right, all right. There are a couple of conversations here, right? Q says, "Rest well, family. Rest is the revolutionary act." You goddamn right. Mm-hmm. I got there with no PTO though, but we are gonna talk about that another time. <laughs> Um, what's up Zarya how you doing Zarya has a she just put out a with run girl co put out an awesome uh, awesome spot I don't have to put that up in the stories that joint had it got me a little tear when I was in the car last night I had been drinking a little bit but you know still emotions are emotions what was I talking about oh the whammies alright so alright the whammies happened y'all know I was nominated a finalist I lost. So I want to be very, I want to be very, I don't know how to lose. Like, I feel like, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like in situations like this, there is a process to losing. Hmm. Right? Because some people won. Yeah. Right? And so my initial thought was, when the whammies was happening and everybody was posting like there, oh, I'm a winner joint, I was going to make a loser joint. <laughs> but I was like, man, is that doing too much? Is that putting yourself in the spotlight when you lost? Is that taking away attention from the people who actually got the, the awards and their recognition? So I was like, okay, maybe I should chill on the, on the loser post. Okay. Hold on, let me get this blunt going while we're talking. Maybe I should chill on the loser post. And that's why I said I don't really know how to lose. Another be more quotable, not to toot my own horn, because I, uh, wait, not to toot my own horn. Because I try to be humble. Because I try to be humble, although I don't believe in humility. Yeah. Beep, beep. Right? It's one of those situations. 
Uh, so I'm I. How do I say this without it sounding like I'm just uh, trying to redefine losing? So I'll put it this way. I don't think I was supposed to win. Okay. And I say that in context of the award. Okay. The educator award. Yeah. <laughs> I almost want you to say what you said to me the other day when I said, um, <laughs> when I said that, um, what did I say? I said uh, something to the effect of like educators, like like when people think of educators, they don't think of me. Yeah. And then you said. Are you talking about when I said what what about what you're doing right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what you do like every day in your yeah. meetings? Yeah. I'm basically teaching. All twenty four seven. Twenty four seven all the time. Teach a class, yeah. And I teach a class on Wednesdays. You know, you pick up the summer school class as well. Not to say that I'm trying to qualify my education shit, but just to say that you know I lost the award, and I feel like the appropriate thing for me to do was to lose that award. And I say that in the context of informal education. Classroom teachers this year have been pulling motherfucking miracles. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you, when I was walking from the Home Depot the other day, I thought like, if I had a kid and that kid was above 13, I'm taking out of school for the year. You say you're taking them out of school? I'm taking them out of school for the year. And do what? Like have them at home? Or? Yeah, like you do whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> but like, but like, I'm not going to put my child in a situation in which I am ingraining them and socializing them that school, the system, and then the school, that school, the system, the building, the infrastructure is optional. Mm. So then in this and this fucked up 365 days of education, I don't let that nigga be like, yo, look, just go do something on your own. We got independent study for a year. But I don't want you doing this hybrid half school. We don't give a fuck. We give a fuck. We don't give a fuck. We try to be safe. You're not really learning. Anything. You're not really learning. And we're, we're, true, we're seeing the outcomes of the education system in America is not necessarily to educate students. Mm-hmm. But to so, keep children busy so that the American populace can go to work. Right. To inevitably build the workforce. To build more workforce. And then to repeat that cycle. Right. So you ingrain a generation of people that you got to do this from nine to five, Mm -hmm. this schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Move on. Hmm, That makes me think about what I want my kid in school at all. See, I've been, low-key, I've been thinking about that the past couple of years. um, I said I wanted to homeschool my kids. Mm. Because I don't feel like, well, most schools don't really teach the things that we should be learning like yeah of course we need basic math english you know things of that nature but like what about the things that really matter and what about our history because true. they definitely aren't learning that in school true true I, you know i listened to dr karen hunter and she says um and we got one of these days we'll go on to the narrative site and we'll walk through it y'all so i think because it is they call it the largest africana studies course um, in the world, and that's exactly what it is. So we're going to have to walk through that um, one of these days. But listening to Dr. Karen Hunter, she says, um, what were you just talking about? Okay, Education. Yeah. She says, uh, she says the, the, the Jewish people didn't send their kids to Nazi school. Mm, right. 
Like a whole different Jewish communities, different Jewish schools, mm-hmm. Jewish teachers, et cetera, et cetera. They would trusted themselves to teach themselves within themselves. Right. So yeah, maybe I mean I'd be I'd be interested to see how I've seen from my nephew who's starting high school. Yeah. His perspective of high school. Right. I can I can hear it in his voice, I can see it in his text, like, okay. It's like kind of bullshit to him now. So I'd be interested to see if he even cares about high school. And that's a very, he was a very academically involved student before. So I, yeah. and he's expressed before that he didn't feel like his public school education was enough to keep up with him, but the education options in South Carolina aren't that, aren't that top tier. Damn. Aren't that top tier. Is he doing hybrid or is he like going completely? So high schoolers are, I think high schoolers now in, in, South Carolina are going back fully and elementary middle school is going part time okay. with like plexiglass in between them. What? So like uh, the the South Carolina kids look like little zoo animals in their school. Jesus. And you know that plexiglass dirty. Ugh. Mm-hmm. What up, Michael? Good morning. What's up, Maps? Jossie? Good morning, man. Good morning. I've aficionado? Is that what that says? Yeah. Is that how you spell that? No. Is there an F in aficionado? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, what were we just talking about? School. School. Um, yeah, be yeah. So uh oh 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 I was saying that in the, in the in the essence of in the essence of losing the whammy. Um in my opinion, and this is just me now. I sound like my father because that's his statement. That's just me now. Um Victoria says, I want to homeschool two for the formative years of my children to Lady of the House. Yeah. Right, right, right. There was a girl in my high school who was homeschooled like that. Like all her siblings, I think elementary, middle school, homeschooled, mm-hmm. and then high school she went to. Yeah. Good morning, Empress. Good morning. Good morning. Make sure you, that's right. Make sure you say good morning. Good morning. <laughs> oh, that's right. We know what it is. Um, oh, yeah. So just saying, saying all that to say that. Uh, and losing this situation, it always reminds me, this is going to sound negative, but my place in the education world, um, there are individuals out here who are truly pulling miracles as it pertains to teaching kids how to read, mm-hmm. reforming how children um, shape their minds as it comes to social and emotional learning. There are individuals out here who are tailoring to special education needs and niggas out here teaching calculus too. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Right? And... When I when I when I found out that I was not going to be a good classroom teacher after being fired six times in New Orleans, what up, Sav? After I kind of figured out that classroom teaching was not my bag, I recognized that the best option next would be to teach informally. So, to my niggas who out here giving lessons at barbershops, to my niggas out here giving piano lessons on the weekend, to my after school coordinating warriors. Mm-hmm. to be recognized yeah. as an educator to be record and I, I said this before I say it again this is 100% truth you don't have to believe me as y'all saw I'm a very bad nominee I did not nominate myself for this whammy mm-hmm. I barely pushed the vote for this whammy and yet individuals were able to see that on a nomination status that was completely public, somebody in the public nominated me for Educator of the Year, and then other people in the public were able to recognize that. To, so that people see what we're doing as education, 
as the niggas who lose the Oscar say, to be nominated was the honor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's my loser speech. I lost. It kind of sucks. But at the same time, I don't like to toot my own horn because I try to be humble, although I don't believe in humility. Toot, toot. On way you make me be more. Yeah. Ooh, I held it too long. I ran out of steam at the gap. <laughs> it's been a while. I'm out of practice, sweetheart. That's okay. All right, what's, what else we got here? We got, uh, what's up, B? Danielle. What's up, Carl? Danielle, Danny, Dan. What's up, Shep? Jules. Maps. Ma- My man, Maps Glover. Maps Glover, we got you behind. We we one of these when, we, when y'all see the new set, you are gonna see all the stuff. As y'all can see, we got Honey's Girls right there. I don't think she's on right now. No, she's not on right now. And then Green Euphoria's and other Honey's Girls and Maps, you back here as well. Okay. What up, B? We got KMJ Six. You know you. Oh, we just got a. Uh, oh yeah. We just got a uh, a Jada Imani piece. This joint is beautiful though. My goodness. We got a. We might actually take this to the frame later. Oh yes. Look at this. It's the Jada Imani piece. See, if see, here's the thing, right? I was falling out. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Look at the picture, right? Um. Here's the thing, right? This is a tangent. I did not plan on talking about this. <laughs> this is definitely a tangent. Am I going back to the streets? In what way? I do see you going back to the streets, though. But... (laughs) Here's a funny thing. I tweeted that. I tweeted, uh, you know, the Viola Davis when she's getting up with her purse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's like, got an attitude? That's like, that's me getting back into the streets. And I tweeted that. And my man Matt called me. It was like, yo, bro, you all right? And I'm like... (laughs) Yeah, she's like, what you, you get left. I'm like, no, nigga, not them streets. <laughs> not those streets. <laughs> I got some pieces for the show to give. You. Oh, for show. Sure. All right, B, I'm with oh, it. Nice. I'm with it, baby. I love. I love to spend my money though. So if you got some pieces for sale, um, okay, trying to hit that note. Oh. Oh, hitting that note. Okay, okay. Um, okay, B. Yeah, we, just... we love the support, but... Yeah, we love the support, baby. You were talking about... Uh, <laughs> getting back to the streets. <sighs> Matt called me talking about, you got left? No, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> Almost, but no, nigga. <laughs> I meant like, I meant the streets are like where the game is, you know what I mean? Where the hustle is. Where the, where the events are, where the money resides. Two, uh, like, 12-hour days back-to-back. Lord of mercy. You got another one a day. Jesus. You got another one a day. That's all right. That's all right. In my... Okay, so another question. Okay, okay. What are we, what are we about to talk about? We're going to talk about Masar Martin. Masar Martin. Slave to, I want to talk about slave narratives. Yeah. I have a theory, y'all. Okay. I have a theory. Um... Yeah, B, hit up, uh, hit up Lil Hustler, cause we gotta get, we gotta get that happen. You too, Maps. Maps usually hit up Lil Hustler. She got the good curation going on in, um, in, uh, in Union Market at, not in seven words. Is it called Common Thread? Common Thread. 
Thank you. You know I'm so bad at names. <laughs> I'm so bad at names. Man, who? Uh, somebody asked me what apartment building we stayed in behind the mall. And I was like, mm. Wow. <laughs> mm, I'm drawing blanks. Been here almost two years. I'm drawing blanks, baby. Park Terrace? Plaza Towers. Yeah. Plaza Towers? Yeah. <laughs> I think I called I think I called it Park Plaza. But anyway, we like this blunt. We were just talking, we were just already talking about slavery narratives. I have a theory, y'all. I have a theory. Now, this theory is built on a couple of things. Uh last week we weren't on, so we weren't able to talk about the situation that happened with Samiria Rice and Tamika Lowry and Sean King and Ben Crump. Uh, so just to give it a brief recap, last week, maybe two weeks ago, Samira Rice, the mother of Tamir Rice, steps out with a group of other mothers of slain black bodies and says basically to effect, stop putting my child's name in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Tamika Mallory, stop putting my little, stop putting my baby's name in your mouth. Little baby, don't get on the stage of the Grammys talking about you doing shit for my baby. Where's the money that y'all raised on behalf of the funeral? How come Black Lives Matter has not been organized enough to come down here and see me in my face and resolve these issues? So stop saying my baby fucking name, basically. Right. And you know, as a as a revolutionary, as a black man on the precipice of a new nigga, when a black woman, especially a black mother, says stop, you shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then if you find yourself arguing against that motive, it's time for you to reevaluate what you're in this for. Right. Right? So the interesting thing that, I, that, that Samaria brings up in this situation highlights the dependency of black people using black bodies to build social rapport, awareness, activism, fundraising, whatever, using these slain bodies and this black trauma as the base of how we enter the conversation. Mm. And to be respectful, to be respectful, to say that that strategy is ineffective would be disrespectful to the mother of Emmett Till. That's true. Right? It would be disrespectful to, it would be disrespectful to the Trayvon Martin Martin, to the, to the Mike Brown family. It'd be disrespectful to all these individuals who are in this canon of black trauma, mm-hmm. right? To say that we using their names was ineffective. It's not that it was ineffective. As my man Q says, white folks have caught up. So much that our solutions, the nuanced solutions that we're trying to find for the liberation within our people are showing up in Disney narratives. It's crazy. So that means it's time for new blueprints. Yeah. When Emmett Till's mother left the casket open, called the press, and Jet picked it up 67 years, 60, 70 years ago, that shook the world. Right. That shook the world. And it was able to poke at a moral responsibility of America. You let a child die at the hands of white nationalists and then they walked free. And 70 years later, niggas who wasn't even alive, niggas who have never even seen that Jet magazine are following those same blueprints. And the opposition is looking at us like, we don't have no moral responsibility to you. Right. We proved that in Jim Crow. I don't got no moral responsibility to you. 
Martin, we killed the moral responsibility, dude. Martin Luther King is dead. Do as you're more responsible. And even before he died, he was like, man, we should have been poking at morals. We should have been poking at laws. We should have been poking at policies. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge us. Since we are a Solution Bank podcast, hit the button for me, sweetheart. Since we are a Solution Bank podcast, I want to challenge, I want to challenge black people. Remember in, uh, remember in Monsters, Inc.? At the end of the movie, when they found out, when they found out that making a little girl laugh mm-hmm. was ten times as powerful as making her, making her scared, mm-hmm. I think this is the moment where black people have to look at the way that we tell our stories mm. and say, you know what, that worked. But at what point are we exploiting our people for fear, right? Instead of building off of joy. Um. So what? So my theory about the slave the narratives is is like it is it's it is not a secret that black folks are individuals who we love the drama, or at least I love the drama. We love storylines. We're oral history people. We communicate orally via communication, even if it's non-verbally. And I feel like in ways we are slaves to how we are slaves to narratives. Meaning that ah, <laughs> low battery would be mo, yeah. Uh, we are slaves to narratives in the fact that like black folks are so invested in stories, in the creation of conflict, in the resolution of conflict, rising action, closing action. We are so interested and involved in that form of information gathering that that same system can be hacked to create disillusion. Mm. Chaos. That's crazy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Y'all know I do a little, I do a little research, right? What up, Troy? Good morning, man. I do a little research. It's one of the projects I do for creative theory. I do the research as a cultural analyst, right? So we get to look into some, we get to look into trends on a very quantitative level. We get to look at to see thing, what things are, are trending and popular by the number. This Derek Jackson story is the most popular story of 2020. 2021, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 The most popular and trending word, trending story of 2020 so far is Derek Jackson. And before that, it was Tessica Brown. For black folks, that is. Internally trending. That's what I mean to say. And that's all I want to say about that nigga, for real. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I want to challenge us, though. I want to challenge us, though. And that kind of leads me to Marsai Martin. Marsai Martin, who I had not considered a nominee for one of the first free, free black childs, free black, free black children. Marsai Martin uh, has a statement, 16, 16 years old, owned production company, got Emmys. Although, you know, recognition for white institutions is not the goal, but the fact just to be recognized by outsized parties, you know, that's pretty interesting. A star already. 
She says, when you walk in my office, humble flex, when you walk in my office, ain't no black pain. Mm-hmm. Other people tell them stories, they got it, but not here. You want to talk about black pain? Go over there. Right. 16. Right. 16. Whole career ahead of her. Whole career ahead of her. She's already had a career. Right. That's what's crazy. <laughs> let's see. Let's say she make it to Cicely Tyson age. That's Man. 80 years ahead of her. What? 80 years ahead of her standing on the stands of no black pain. Right. I will not perpetuate black trauma. Doesn't mean it don't exist. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I'm ignoring it. Right. Other people do that. We're not doing that here. What's up, LaVar? I hope the queen is all right, man. I've been thinking about y'all. I've really been thinking about y'all, man. Eham? Is it L? Elham? Like L. Ham? Ham Jr.? Maybe like Ham is the last Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we are. Maybe we have reached a point in black liberation where we can internalize and mourn our trauma and solve our trauma internally, but not use that trauma as the grounds for more liberation. Right. Uh, Go up. I want to read some of these comments. I have a comment from Q. Q says, we need new blueprints. We are in a uh, fight. We have no responsibility. Oh, we are in a flight. We have no responsibility for the ground. See how Q talks? Poetic ass nigga. Uh, we are to become organized in movement, in flight towards liberation, in flight beyond freedom. Or maybe not. Right. Uh, no problem, LeVar. I got you, baby. Um, Sav says, it's easy to default to struggle, but black joy is a form of resistance. Mm -hmm. Mm, Gotta love it, right? Right? We see those stories? The system of white supremacy is so angry when we're joyful and Mm -hmm. happy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I asked my brothers on the precipice of a new nigga. I asked them, did we make oppression look too good? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, I know why I said that. Um, to your point, do you, I think Lita Wave's new show is perpetuating black trauma or is that the topic? You know, the show is called Them, right? Lena... Sh- black Mid Matters, B. Black Mid Matters. Black Mid Matters. Okay, calm down. Lena Waithe... And Lee Daniels are going to be put out front as the Negroes that tell stories. And these two Negroes are the biggest trauma-fueled Negroes I know. (laughs) I saw the trailer for Them. First off, it's called Them, and and it's like us. Damn. But like... Like the trailer style was like us, the the font face... The typefaces like us, the way they did the trailer, like was like us. So for the show to be called them, I was like, all right. Then I saw Jordan Jordan Peele's name is not on, and I was like, hmm. Mm. But I haven't. I I uh, I could on Thursday we might be able to show the trailer and we can actually discuss it. My best, we not. 
on Thursday we might be able to show the trailer. We can actually discuss the individual topics of the show. But I haven't seen a Lena Waithe project that doesn't depend on drama. And that's my biggest issue with it. Right. The same thing to go with uh same thing to go with Queen and Slim. That's my biggest issue with Queen and Slim. Is I didn't I didn't need a fucking tragedy. I didn't need another black narrative tragedy in my mind. And you had an opportunity to be revolutionary in the act of joy, but you chose trauma. You didn't even choose violence. Right. You chose trauma. Mm, I almost called you out your name. My bad. I'm working on that. Um, it's easy to default to struggle, but black joy as a form of resistance, gotta love it. I'm gonna keep saying that. Thanks, Sam. Um, trauma sells. And trauma sells because the narratives that we are used to within this system are, oh, LeVar, you know, man. LeVar, you know. You know from the nonprofit days. What kid wins Youth of the Year? What kid speaks at the at the nonprofit legacy luncheon? What kid walks to the stage with the founder at the gala? Mm. It's the kid with the most traumatic story. Mm-hmm. Happens every fucking time. And then you got to sit there as a black man, well, me as, as a black man in that situation, in a nonprofit situation, you got to sit there in the crowd and watch the exploitation of black guilt used for the eradication of white guilt. Right. And they do it with $500 dinners and standing ovations. Good Lord, son. Woo. Ooh, man, that just gave me that. Now you're talking about PTSD. Mm. You're talking about PTSD. <laughs> that nonprofit life. Good Lord. Good morning, Trump. Um, what's up, Trump? What's up? What's up, Mocha? Huh? What's up, big dog? It's the big dog. Yeah. I seen you on stage, big dog. I seen you out here living out your dreams, baby. And I know you didn't, I know you didn't already toured. You know what I'm saying? You already hit licks with folks that you fuck with. You already played the bass. You already slap at that bass very well. But it's a different feeling when you're standing on your own stage. Okay. It's <laughs> a whole nother feeling when you're standing on your own stage. Mm. And you're not stressed because the stage manager's stressed. Mm. <laughs> um, LeVar okay. says, facts got to be busted, broke down, and saved by the white-led mega org. Exactly. Every time. Every motherfucking time. Mm-mm. And that's what's happening on, that's what's happening on the eradication of white guilt. And yet we're using that strategy right now. If the whites already have it, we're going to use that same strategy to eradicate white guilt. Right. Nigga. That shit don't work. That shit don't work. Also. Mike, exactly. I'm sorry. That's exactly the event we went to. It was your your mans and them. Are they still doing the thing? I'm convinced to this day that was a big drug front. You remember that? uh, Remember me telling you about that uh, that luncheon? That luncheon. That gala that me and Michael went to. Michael performed. And it was like a million dollars that was floating on in the room. It was in this big room and shit. Yeah. And I felt like these niggas ain't gonna do shit. And I ain't seen nothing. Dry ex. Micah said. <laughs> Micah said, dry chicken and exploitation. <laughs> My goodness, son. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Dry chicken and exploitation. It makes me think of. When you were with After School All Stars and they like wouldn't give the kids, what was it like fruit snacks or something? Oh, I could tell that story. Mm-hmm. 
last organization I worked for, After School All-Stars. That's right. Oh, we was mad cute, dog. We was mad cute. <laughs> Don't get it wrong. Last organization I worked for was After School All-Stars. Before that was the Boys and Girls Club, and because I love the Boys and Girls Club so much, you won't hear many negative words from me about the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, they did you dirty, but... They did me... <laughs> You're not going to talk about it right now. You know, as I get older, I think it's a combination of... Hmm. You know who I would love to talk to? Who? I would love to talk to all my bosses. That's interesting. I would love to talk to all my bosses. You know they would all have a different opinion of you? Uh... No, I'm saying they would. Well, yeah, as individual perspectives, yeah. yes. They would yeah. all have a different opinion. Um, but here's, a, here's a, a good two examples. So my boss from McDonald's, high school, High school McDonald's. My boss from McDonald's hit me up one day. This is a couple years ago. And I ain't worked at McDonald's in like 16 years. This is a couple years ago. She hit me up. Uh, Priscilla hit me up. And she was like, you know, I think about you from time to time. Okay. Because uh, now she's like owner of a couple franchises or whatever. Like, she's like, I think about you a couple times. And I think about um, how you came in. And when I came in, I got promoted three times at McDonald's in like eight months. And they wanted me to stay on to become a franchise owner. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to college. <laughs> I leave in a couple weeks. Like, I'm, I'm going to Howard. Like, I'm going. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I just think about, like, how rare your energy was and, like, how people who come through McDonald's usually just don't give a fuck. Right. But, like, you came in, you did the job, you did it well, you did it with authenticity, and then you had fun. Mm -hmm. And to some people, that was intimidating. Therefore, they didn't want you there. Right. But I appreciated you. Mm. I talked to another teaching boss, same thing. Uh, the energy was there, but like, to be honest, me in a classroom, nah. That's like me at a, that's like me at a nine to five. Yeah. Even my time at the Boys and Girls Club was not nine to five. It was 12 to eight. Damn. The real nigga shift. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love to talk to my old bosses. I'd love to see their perspective because I, I don't think I was ever supposed to be employed. But I didn't have the language, the wherewithal, the information, the history uh, to figure that out without uh, without much failure. Or failure is not the word, right word. Fuck it. Losing. A lot of misalignments. And that's okay. What were we talking about before that? You should tell the story. We're talking about nonprofit life, right? So yeah. I'm at after school All-Stars. Uh, I throw them under the bus all goddamn day. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them, dog. Fuck them. I'm at After School All-Stars, and uh, After School All-Stars is a middle school program, but they were really founded in lobbying and advocacy. Like, the whole point of the D.C. chapter of After School All-Stars was to prove to... Uh, I appreciate that, LeVar. I really do. Um... The whole point of After School All-Stars was to, the D.C. chapter was to prove to senators that middle schoolers need more money for after school programs. The whole point. The president right. would walk around and say that was the whole point. Okay. And so in the schools that we were in, the first school we were in was the one that was closest to Capitol Hill. Not the one that was with the most need, but the one that was closest to Capitol Hill. Okay. So in the advocacy work, part of that we have to go on to the hill, into the Senate building, and do like different presentations. 
I might cry. We got to go onto the hill, go into the center building and do different presentations. This particular presentation that we were doing was STEM. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanted to go into this room and prove that, you know, you could teach science, technology, engineering, math in after school program. But you know me. After school program, we're not doing motherfucking volcanoes. We're not doing motherfucking science. Like, we're not doing motherfucking uh, 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 classwork science shit. STEM to me, you want to talk about technology, engineering, and math? Teach these niggas how to DJ. We're teaching these niggas how to do digital design. Mm-hmm. We're teaching them how to do actual applicable things that align, align to their culture. So we go into the joint. When you walked into that Senate room, it felt like a motherfucking party. Because the flyer for the joint that was digital designed by the kids was right in the front and then the kids in the back DJing getting to work (laughs) Mm. talking about STEM we got STEM for that ass right and so my boss says to me at the time make sure the kids get snacked before they leave because we don't know what the food situation is going to be the kids are coming from two schools one school is Hart Middle School Hart Middle School is in the heart of Southeast um uh Hart Middle School is actually one of my favorite schools, but remember that I'm an individual who likes tough situations. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Hart Middle School is in, is in the midst of the hood, and it follows the same tropes that schools in the midst of the hood have about the lack of support and then the lack of systemic success that is happening within these schools. And you got to remember, Southeast is a food desert as well. Yeah. So kids are coming from Hart Middle School. Kids are coming from Stuart Hobson, which is on the hill. Eat our snack because we don't know what the we don't know. She says we don't know what the snack situation is going to be when we get there. And I'm like, all right, cool. We get there in the middle of, in the middle of the room. There's this table. Every time you go into the Senate room for something, there's this table of like catered food, and there's mountains of fresh fruit, mm-hmm. like ma- almost comical. Mountains of fresh fruit, granola bars, juice, water, etc. So we walk in, and my boss says to me, um, make sure they don't eat the food. But didn't, didn't she say to make sure that they ate? Right. Make sure they ate, but make sure they don't eat the food that's in front of them. In front of them. And I'm like, hmm, we want to make sure that we save that for the people who are coming to see us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> interesting. So you would hoard recesses, resources away from children to, to impress people who are trying to give resources to children. Sounds like we got the game fucked up, but mm. here we are in this situation. I don't know really what to do. All right, cool. And then it happens. First off, they don't get no chairs to the kids. You walk in, like, ain't no chairs to the kids. All the kids got to stand up and do their presentations. So if, first thing, uh, Mr. Brown, they got any chairs? Because they're going to ask me. They're going to ask me straight up. Mr. Brown, they got any chairs? Hold on, I'm going to see. All right, we get a couple of chairs. Cool. Uh, Mr. Brown, uh, can we get some fruit? Mm. Yeah. I was told that we want to try to save the fruit for our guests. So let's see what happens. They asked me before even the event starts. The event starts, maybe 20 people come to see them. Mm-hmm. 20 people. And the 20 people that came, shout out to them. These senator aides, these representative aides that came in, actually gave a fuck, took notes, actually followed up in the program a couple of days later to see exactly what they could do. Cool. If it's going on, not a lot of people coming. Mr. Brown, can we get some fruit? I was told. So they go ask my boss to go ask, ask her, hey, can we get some fruit? This lady going to her bag, start pulling out fruit snacks. (laughs) 
brought some from the office because I keep a stash of snacks at the office just in case we got to go on field trips. Mm. This lady started passing out fruit snacks. And in the moment, I can see there are four girls from Hart Middle School standing behind a DJ rig, an iMac, a table in the Senate building who are looking over their equipment at a mountain of fresh fruit coming from a neighborhood that is a food desert. And they asked me for it. Mm. And this lady is passing out processed fruit snacks. I could have died. Mm. I could have died right there. But these black children, these free black children, they bailed me out. You know what they did? <laughs> they started asking in the aides. They started asking the guests, hey, look, she said we can't get no fruit. Can you get me some fruit? <laughs> and this lady got so embarrassed so fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Mm. And that's how I feel about nonprofits. <laughs> yeah, you burning questions for the roach? <laughs> <laughs> Cause now my pressure high. <laughs> now my pressure high. You got any burning questions okay. for the roach? I had one. This kind of relates to that story Go in, ahead. A, in, a, in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know Marcy Martin, she's a free black child. Right, right. And we talk about other free black children, mm-hmm. but like, what do you think their responsibility is in the collective? Because it's been our responsibility to you know fight for justice, change, equity, you know, inclusivity. All of the things, but I think it's I think it's exactly what them four black girls did from Hart Middle School. Yeah, you got to tell truth to power, baby. Yeah. You got to come <laughs> straight to it. You got to come straight to it. And and I don't, I can't I can't confidently say to you that they had the language to express the frustrations that I was having. Right. But they had the courage mm-hmm. and the desire and damn near the need to be able to advocate for themselves when they needed to in that moment. Right. And what's sad is that didn't come from, that attitude unfortunately didn't come from a place of like confidence. That that attitude comes from a place of resilience. Mm. A resilience from, mm-hmm. I'm strong because. Right. Not, I stood in my confidence and this is what the fuck I wanted. I, want, I see that fruit, I ain't got no fruit in the house. Right. And where I'm from, you don't speak up, ain't shit gonna happen. We aren't afforded, (laughs) we at Hart Middle School aren't afforded the benefit of the doubt that resources are coming our way. That's a goddamn shame. Mm. Mm. I got such attitude right now. Anyway, so what are the the responsibilities? Um... I don't think it's their responsibility to be resilient, though. No. Like, okay, so since there is another generation and they are now free, mm-hmm. I don't think that our work is done necessarily, but, like, it means that progress has been made since they have the ability to, you know? So, like, do they have responsibility in that sense? It's crazy. Responsibility is an interesting word. Mm. Responsibility True. is like. True. Responsibility feels like a. It's like a. It's almost like a. Indictment. Yeah. It's almost like a consequence. Yeah. 
Damn. You are now responsible for this because. Right. Responsible is an interesting word. When Marcy Martin says, no black pain, when you come into my office, still humble flex, I love it. Right. <laughs> when you walk into my office at 16, when you walk into my, mm-hmm. it means when you seek me yeah. and come to my place, right. there is no black pain here. Take that shit somewhere else. And if you start talking that black pain shit, get the fuck out of my face. So then at the same time, as Marseille has the has the right or the responsibility, as we have in, as Marseille has indicted herself away from black pain, which is freedom. We look at Lena Waithe, who's of the older generation, maybe it's her responsibility to tell black trauma. Okay. Maybe that's just her job. I don't like it. Right. I think it's whack. I would like to see the balance shift away from us dying and responding as revolution versus proactive actions that make us revolution. I would like to get to the proactivity. But at the same time, you know, I guess I guess somebody I guess somebody got to tell that story. Do they, though? Can't we have more? Somebody got if if niggas is not willing to educate, then somebody got to tell the stories. Damn. And what I see most of the time, that's fine too. Most of the, what I see most of the time is niggas is not willing to. It's not going out here trying to teach white folks how to be nice to black people. No, okay. the the narrative for black folk is you got a problem and you need to figure that shit out. Mm-hmm. You got some Negroes out here that'll help you. Mm-hmm. I'm I help you out. Please, ooh, I just. Please, please put me in a room full of 500 dumb white folks and a whole bunch of security guards. I tell them the truth for eight hours straight. I swear to God. I will. I will. I will. (laughs) You have been indoctrined to think that whiteness is a good thing or that it even exists. There is no whiteness. There is no blackness. But you're not ready for that, though. You're not ready for that. Who do, believe, who do we believe the telling of black trauma benefits? Uh, right. That's why I'm thinking, like, why do we need it? Because you needed to see Roots. Because you needed to see, you needed to see, Boys in the Hood had to happen. Because set it off, it, because set it off, because, because to be recognized as a fool as a full individual, I feel like you need to have the full gambit of emotions. From tragedy to comedy. From mid to great. Hmm. Like, in order to be a complete unit that is respected as a unit, you need representations of all parts of that unit. Now, the, the, what bothers me about the, this narrative is that we can't seem to separate the narrative away from the truth. Right. Niggas go see Billy Holiday versus the U.S. and think that's what happened. Niggas watch Judas and the Black Messiah and think that's what happened. When really these are films that were intentionally used to quelt your revolutionary actions. Right. So to answer your question, what do I think the responsibilities are? 
I think the responsibilities is to denormalize responsibility. Okay. I'm not sure I would be able to articulate black liberation. It's too late. So they would just, they would just be able to be, in a sense, like yeah, yeah. It's too late for me, and it's kind of sad. I can be conscious and intentional about, you know, uh, admitting when I'm wrong, changing unhealthy behaviors, et cetera, et cetera. But some of these things, I, some of these things, I don't even know if I've interacted with them yet to know that they are toxic. If that makes sense. Hmm. LeVar says, I'll take that and, and see you this. Does it mean that we must continue telling that story or lean on those that have been told or lean on those that have been told? Oh, Hmm. Well, okay, for the culture's sake, for the culture's sake, we should just be we should just be leaning on the pillars of what's happened and maybe not creating new stories, right? But for creativity's sake, nobody wanna watch the same shit over and over again. Right? No. Yeah. I'm like, I have a couple of thoughts. Hit me with your thoughts. Okay, so I agree with you in the sense that our story should be told, you know, in a complete sense. Like, mm-hmm. we should have the full range of emotions in our stories. But at the same time, I feel like there's been kind of like, I don't know. I feel like either, not even misrepresentation, but I feel like it's been... Unbalanced. Yeah, unbalanced. Yeah. Like, a lot of the tropes are... Yeah, a lot of the tropes are still troping. Yeah, and it's like, we rarely see... Like, I don't even remember what that movie was, but it was like a random movie of a married couple. Mm-hmm. Remember, was it like Adam Driver, I think? And he oh, the, the, uh, the marriage story? Not that one. The one, and she was just like weird, and she was like painting on the walls, and like, she would paint her clothes, and like... Oh, yeah. just that random ass yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, when, when do we get those stories? True. Yeah. True. That shit was random and mid and weird. Right. Nothing happened. And nothing happened. Yeah. It was six episodes of nothing happening. Yeah, he just went to work every day. <laughs> right. He just went. <laughs> Nobody died. It's about a nigga who had a job whose wife was unhappy, so that he made his wife happy and he went back to work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote poetry. And <laughs> It had a dog that would mess up the mailbox every day. That was it. <laughs> That's it. That was it. That was it. That was it. True. <laughs> like, when do we get those? St- <laughs> when do we get to tell? Yeah. When do we get to tell those situations? The mundane. Yeah. Right. It's always some fantastical. Either we're superheroes or running from the cops mm-hmm. or dying or mm-hmm. slaves. Yeah, we got to get a. Um, we got we got to start our merch line for Black Mid Matters, and just have a running list of mid Black activities. <laughs> Watering your plants <laughs> is not a mid activity. It's not. But coleslaw is a mid Black activity. Coleslaw. Yeah, coleslaw is mad mid, bro. <laughs> it is They're like the making of coleslaw and the eating of coleslaw and the enjoyment of coleslaw. That's very mid. You feel like coleslaw is unnecessary? <laughs> That's hilarious. Hold on, movie reference, Inside Out. It ignores a complete memory. It allows for trauma and ignores joy. It ignores melancholy and happiness that is black in flight. Um, later, uh-oh, the cue's filling you. 
Oh. He's feeling he's yeah 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 you might be invited to on the precipice of a new nigga. It's for the it's for the niggas. The gentlemen. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Commercialism called. We'll see what happens. What's up, Kayla? Good morning. Huh? We'll see Kayla tomorrow. Nice. I'll see you tomorrow at the box. All right, y'all. Um well as you know, as usual, it's been what's up, Jay? It's been great to see y'all. I feel like it's been so long. What's up? <laughs> oh, you wanna? You wanna? I was gonna say you wanna tell why we took a break, or? Oh, you yeah. tell them. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you don't wanna tell them? <laughs> I just feel like it was necessary, you know. Um, burnout, in a sense, mm-hmm. is real. I don't even know why I said in a sense, but yeah, burnout is real. <laughs> um, we just needed to to take a breather. Take some time to actually communicate and get some things off our chest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Um, yeah, we, uh, I, this show was born out of something that we organically do. Yeah. And the moment we turn the camera on, this is no disrespect to y'all because I love y'all, but the moment we turn the camera on, there is a different expectation of our conversation than when the camera's off. Right. Camera's off, we're communicating as two individuals trying to create an output. Camera's on, we're trying to provide an entertaining conversation around some very black points and come up with some solution-baked things. Is when the camera's on, is the performative fact, is it the fact that we're being inauthentic to ourselves? No, but it's not the same conversation as when we're talking to each other. So we just need to get back to that for a little while, get back to looking each other in the face uh, and then align on what the fuck we want this to be. So if we can understand that the output is going to be different, the outcome here is different from the outcome here, then how can we make this outcome more inclusive, more equitable, um, more protective, and a bigger platform for the lady of the house and myself while still growing. Yeah. Well said. That's it. Yeah. So with that being said, we will see you on Thursday. I think we're going to do off the top Thursday, or maybe we have some topics. No promises. No promises Thursday. That's what we'll do. <laughs> no promises Thursday. Thank you for watching. Hawaii, make we be more. Yeah. Appreciate that. LeVar says, take take care of y'all, man. Y'all feeding souls, and y'all needs to be first. And yours needs to be first. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Whatever it is y'all doing, man, keep doing it, and we love it. Appreciate, Appreciate that, dog. That. Appreciate that, dog. We will be having a... Uh, uh, I already talked to my man, Tay, so don't be calling me, don't be calling me shady. We're going to have a RF, gonna public RFP for a new Wake and Bake with BMO cover. I want to get a lot of um, artistic perspectives on this situation. So if you know an artist that know an artist... Tell them to pull up. I'm paying for attempts and I'm paying for the official cover because I'm going to use it all. Oh. I'm going to use it all. All right? Big money BMO over here. All right? I'll see y'all on Thursday. Good morning. <laughs> see, I, did, I wasn't ready for my smooth transition out. Okay, I'll see y'all on Thursday. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs>